0: Welcome to Radio Salon. This is our panel discussion on various hot topics. We have our two regular panelists joining us here in the studio. First, uh, the independent legal researcher from Laquant LLC, Professor Cheng Hwang. Good morning, sir. morning, Henry. And also joining us from the uh, Yonsei University Institute for North Korean Studies, research fellow Dr. Bong Yong-sik. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. All right, we're going to talk about a uh, an interesting uh, topic here. It's quite relevant to us here in Korea because we are probably one of the uh, foremost countries that is kind of caught up in the cryptocurrency craze. But it's, it's a craze that's real global in scale, even to the extent that... Um, depending on certain metrics the richest man in the world Elon Musk is uh, heavily involved and some accuse him of being maybe heavily influential in this uh, maybe not always for positive uh, purposes in terms of how he tweets and how that affects the markets and uh, recently what he said has uh, has affected uh, things like Dogecoin the, the meme cryptocurrency as well as um, severely affecting the I guess the blue the gold standard of cryptocurrencies right now the, the one that started it all Bitcoin so we'll talk about all of this, as well as sort of what we can see going forward with any of this um, in terms of speculation, in terms of will this become a legitimate sort of trading currency in the years to come? I I can tell from the notes here that uh, there is a lot of skepticism in in this panel in regards to the future of cryptocurrencies overall. But uh, let's start with you, Dr. Bong. Um, You always um, drop Pop cultural references. So I'm I'm wondering, are you a Saturday Night Live fan? Like do, do you oh, yes, did you did you watch the uh, almost Elon a Musk? I, um, in, Only uh, the segments. Right. Okay, okay. Uh what do you make overall, then, of all that speculation that had been taking place, uh, Musk appearing on Saturday Night Live, which was somewhat controversial in and of itself, uh, the speculation of what he was going to do with um, any statements on Dogecoin? Uh, we saw that the, the price of Dogecoin uh, peaked during the show and then plummeted right away, which, again, some cynics said that there seemed to be something going on there. What do you make overall of the situation with Musk and this idea that uh, uh, virtual currencies are the hottest thing?
1: Well, his appearance in the Saturday Night Live reminds me of the power of globalization. And the major thrust of globalization is, of course, the development of IT, information technology that connects everyone everywhere, but nobody is in charge. So the arrival of IT really empowers individuals like Elon Musk, Osama bin Laden, and Donald Trump. I mean imagine Osama bin Laden without the access to the internet spreading the hate message right well, imagine Osama bin Laden in the desert without having an access to modern military technology and weapons mm-hmm. right imagine Osama bin Laden without access to international financial system to finance its terrorist activities imagine Mr Donald Trump without Twitter yeah so Elon Musk which we are imagining a, now, which right. shows his influence so, a, is greatly Elon, reduced. Elon Musk is a kind of a financial um, personification of IT industry in the flow of globalization um, as uh, Mr. Donald Trump has been, as yeah. a politician, uh, exemplifying the power, empowerment
0: of the individual thanks to IT. So, Right away, and, and I think you know very well, Elon Musk has sort of almost a cult following of right. very diehard supporters. So, yeah, I don't know how many listen to our program, but for you to compare him to Osama bin Laden and Donald Trump may not be the most favorable comparison. No, I'm just uh, indicating that the
1: globalization has both uh, dark side and mm. bright side. Yeah.
0: And I think a lot of people are kind of noticing this dark side, especially what we've seen so far with what happened with Dogecoin, what happens, uh, what what is happening right now with Bitcoin and these tweets that seem to just send the markets into a big, it's almost like he's Janet Yellen or, you know, like the Mm -hmm. Central Federal Reserve chairman with with how influential those words are. What do you make of the uh, Elon Musk phenomenon in regards to all this, Professor Huang?
2: Well, I mean, you know, you sort of have to wonder what he's, what he has going in, in the backside. I mean, with respect to Bitcoin, you know, he he disclosed that his the company that he shares, chairs, you know, Tesla had a made a large investment in Bitcoin, and then and then sort of suddenly he said, you know, you know, not not too long ago, he said he will accept payments for Tesla cars with Bitcoin, and then now he suddenly said he st- he will stop, and the reason that he he, he gave out publicly the the, the environmental Concerns because of the mining activity, mine activities because that uses a lot of electricity it's kind of odd because you know, it's not like it doesn't use I mean everybody who knows anything about Bitcoin will know that you know, it takes a lot of electricity to mine these Bitcoins so it wasn't like he, he didn't know about it but suddenly uh, it's a concern so he'll stop uh, accepting payments for it yeah. I mean the, it seems that there's more going on than the apparent reasons but it's not really clear so far
0: Right, and so we don't want to necessarily ascribe nefarious motives to all of this, but the end result has been certainly, <laughs> uh, it's been deemed a negative to a lot of people who maybe in good faith went into these things uh, thinking that uh, Musk was going to be a and champion. And Tesla, yeah. at
2: least as of the most recent disclosure, had made a fairly substantial investment in Bitcoin. So, yeah. And there are rumors that it, that Tesla has sold it before making this investment. Right. So was it you know kind of a pump and dump scam? I mean, we don't know yet, so. Yeah. Uh, we'll see.
1: I mean, Tesla needed a lot of money to finance the construction of a plant so in Texas and Germany. So it is not a uh, coincidence that uh, Tesla has just made uh, 101 million US dollars in profit by selling the holdings of its uh, uh, crypto money. So something is cooking here. And i like to cite the uh, uh, what the professor at Columbia Law School, uh, Professor John Coffey said of this, uh, Elon Musk always saying things every two days and what he says isn't consistent Mm -hmm. right so i don't think his main priority is not to push the legalization and wide use of the crypto money but it is to maximize the company's profit
0: right but that's not a very nice thing to do in terms of... It is a very, very nice thing to do as a CEO of a company. But his fanboy base, a lot of them are not necessarily shareholders in, in Tesla. A lot of them kind of look to him as sort of this inspirational kind of uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man figure that... Right, but you know, there's uh,
1: another of source of inspiration in the Hollywood movie, Mr. Gecko in
0: the Wall Street. Uh, yeah. Greed works. You greed see, Yeah, but it it seems like as you said with this conflagration of IT gurus and and the you finance You pick up your hero
1: whether it's a uh, like a very dinosaur Mr. gecko on yeah. Wall Street. Greed
0: works. Well, uh, if if that is the case and it's mask off that, uh, that that Musk is just simply just being completely greedy and cynical about all of this especially with what happened again with, with Dogecoin and I think a lot of people here listening might be like what the heck is this it was a, a a cryptocurrency that basically started out as a joke it was known as a meme coin meaning people always just joking about it online talking about okay let's just buy this and then we all bought uh, but then Musk took it kind of a step further and kind of legitimized it saying you know I'm, I'm all in on this he also was memeing so to speak by calling himself the Doge Father. But it got enough momentum to the extent that enough people were invested in it that it it was being considered to be listed, maybe still be, uh, on Coinbase, which is now sort of the representative sort of the Dow Jones 30. If you are listed on Coinbase, which is the kind of the most popular app, they recently also went through an IPO, you are going to be considered a very legitimate um, cryptocurrency to be traded on. Uh, It does feel like now... Again, when we talk about pump and dump schemes, right? You, you, you say hype everything up, make everyone buy at the peak and then have a concerted sort of maybe um, collusionary agreement among the big players, the institutional investors or the big fat cats who have a big stake on that to just all of us and start selling, watch the pli- uh, price of that uh, plummet, and then buy back again at bargain basement prices. This is not something new to crypto. I mean, this is right as you well know, Professor. Wang, this is something that goes on all the time in terms of just regular uh, investing, so to speak. Is it possible that that's what's going on here? Because that, that's just that's just very disappointing. And dumb.
2: I mean, it looks very suspicious, okay. right? Okay. I mean, one day he says it's a hustle, next day he says that oh, this is the greatest thing in the since the, you know, so sliced a slice bread. I mean. You know, why is he doing this? I mean, market manipulation is a fairly, you know, you know good explanation for but this. But it's a very money. serious crime, too, is it not? Well, the problem is that it's not a regulated market, right? I mean, it's, it's in a regulatory gray area. So the SEC
0: can't necessarily just step in and...
2: Right. Okay.
1: Henry, and, there and, has to be the law first and regulations first before
0: they are broken. So the fact that morally, they did the same thing that the SEC normally, like, let's say we talk tell, about... Tell me, what is moral, morality? Right. But let's say, for example, we talked about Samsung stocks, and you guys were all very influential figures. And when you guys talked about Samsung on, on, on this show, a lot of investors started buying, and then they, they put Samsung stocks There's the always a fine <laughs> print with a disclaimer, right? Yeah, right. But so what you're saying is different, because we don't have the regulatory framework to necessarily pursue this case.
2: Right, and it's a, a big political uh, conundrum too, right? On one hand, there are people who say that, you know, government regulation is bad. Why are you interfering with this latest IT innovation? On the other hand, you know, even in, here in Korea, there are a bunch of, you know, the, the, the dump and, uh, pump and dump schemes and uh, actually an outright frauds involving cryptocurrencies with lots of yeah. you know, investors uh, losing their shirts. And then they're actually calling for investor protection. I mean, do you want investor protection or do you want uh, regulation? I mean, you know, it's the yeah. two sides of the same coin and you know there are people who hate both and who want both i mean it's, it's a bit of a conundrum that uh, that puts government in a bind
0: so let's talk about that that's a good transition to um moving away from focusing on the must discussion to how cryptocurrency is really really taking hold of the public consciousness here in korea maybe for better or worse some people say for worse do you feel um Dr. Bong, that when you see Koreans, and I think there's a lot of uh, disappointment being expressed towards Elon Musk, the way he has kind of conducted himself and the way it's affected really the bottom line of a lot of people who hold a lot of um, uh, kind of uh, equity or at least uh, leverage in Bitcoin or Dogecoin. What do you think about the Korean sort of fascination with this and how it is sort of a kind of an interesting aspect of our society as well?
1: Well, considering the uh, very gloomy prospect for, especially for younger generation in the society, uh, to have enough you know, potential to buy and own their ho- own houses in their lifetimes, and lack of um, good opportunities in the job market, it is understandable that there could be a substantial portion of young South Koreans crazy about this as a new oppor- opportunity, new gold mine in the twenty first century. But basically, it is um, as you said that. Uh, in a um, pump and dump it's a high risk high return investment so any investment is not free from personal responsibility so you have to focus on the actual state of this uh, 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 cryptocurrency as a legal money why euro is euro the universal currency for members of European Union because the European Union acknowledged officially that euro is the only legal tender. Mm -hmm. What is a legal tender? It's a form of money that courts of law recognize as a satisfactory payment for any monetary debt. Usually there are coins and banknotes, not gold or bitcoins or pounds of rice. I owe you money, and the court said I have to pay the debt to you, Henry, but I cannot pay the debt. Without legal tenders, I have to use the legal tender. And uh, it is questionable whether uh, cryptocurrency has reached a level, official level as a legal tender. So it's still way, way too speculative.
0: Yeah, and I know both of you uh, have been expressing skepticism as to the future of cryptocurrency actually becoming something like legal tender. I can tell you, though, just from observation with just take aside all of the other speculative cryptos, with Bitcoin itself, it's become so kind of uh, vastly uh, distributed and permeated throughout the world that in essence, it's it's a de facto, you're not necessarily using legal fiat to to purchase goods and services, but there is enough of an underground economy with Bitcoin right now that I don't think it's going to go anywhere soon, although it might not be recognized by, you know, all the various central banks here in the world. But, in Korea, Professor Hwang, do you feel that the the idea, because Dr. Pong mentioned this idea, we're all kind of priced out of the housing market because the prices are so crazy. Where else can we get? There's this idea that everybody has to be a part of some kind of tebak, right? Some get rich quick. Jetpack. You feel left behind if you're not part of it. And maybe there is that appeal for crypto and the fact that over the past few years, it's just kind of sky. Scar- if you got in p- pre-2016, right. you bought one Bitcoin, you're, you're a multimillionaire now. That's so true. you're 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 fine. But... Do you think that this is something that really uh, we have to, uh, like in the words of, let's say, um, Yushi Min back in the, the old days when this dis, uh, dispute first got debated, that you need to protect people from themselves because they just don't know what they're doing right now?
2: I mean, let's look at the term itself. It's cryptocurrency, right? I mean, it was supposed to be a new kind of yeah. currency, which means that, you know, it wasn't supposed to be an you know, investment vehicle. It was supposed to be a new technological inve- uh, innovation that will kind of, yeah. you know, uh, replace the existing currencies and be a lot more useful in yeah. you know, all kinds of ways. Nobody really talks about that anymore. It's now kind of, you know, get rich quick schemes. Right. You know, you look at these coins and say, I mean, you say that, you know, it's used a lot for pay, uh, payments around the world, but, you know, people who use it sort of have to have, you know, really brave when, you know, the price of Bitcoin goes That's up true. and down by 20% yeah. a day. I mean, you sort of yeah. have to wonder, well, We think the
0: one is volatile, yeah. but
2: compared to... <laughs> I mean, you buy something and then yeah. it's not that the, something you buy, the, the value is 20% overnight, but the, something that you buy with Bitcoin, its value changes yeah, 20% yeah. overnight. I mean, its usefulness as a currency is sort of undermined by its own success. So, I, I mean, the fact that it's, although we still use the term cryptocurrency, I think now it just kind of became an investment craze, which kind of uh, so, sort of you know, it defeats the purpose of why this was created in the first place.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, just drawing from your own expertise, Dr. Because I know you were um, a little annoyed with me early, before the show started about having to do some extra homework <laughs> for studying oh, yeah, the currency right. uh, issue. But tying it to North Korea, which is in your wheelhouse, um, it, it is there is a pitfall to this, right? Because if it is legally kind of deemed lucrative enough to, to, to hoard, Countries like um, North Korea might find it beneficial to do things like ransomware attacks and try to get people to to actually hijack them to to get more cryptocurrencies. Yeah, international Bitcoin.
1: terrorist groups or guerrilla groups uh, to finance their um, you know activities because uh, uh, cryptocurrencies uh, cannot be traced. That's the uh, huge distinction uh, to the advantage of the cryptocurrency to other regular official currencies circulating in the international financial market, like uh, U.S. dollars or the euros. Um, last year, uh, it was reported that the North Korean system kind of uh, beat the pressure of economic sanctions um, mainly through the United Nations Security Council resolutions by penetrating into international banks and intercept a lot of their financial transactions and demand ransoms to be paid in. Cryptocurrency because North Korean agents uh, did not want to be traced by the uh, international organizations and the home governments. So, um, the uh, experts in a seminar that I attended about the future of cryptocurrency says that as long as there will be international crimes, there is a brighter future for cryptocurrency because there will be always substantial demand.
0: Mm. Yeah, and so when we have in the previous long-time-ago days where hard currency... Right.
1: Like the other movie, the Scarface, Al Pacino, was in a hard negotiation with the bankers. Bankers wanted a bigger commission to, uh-huh. for the laundry of the drug money, right? Yeah. Cryptocurrency will free the criminals from this concern. Right.
0: Well, from the criminals to people who think they're just trying to make an honest living, so to speak, with speculation, Professor Huang, the elon musk example is is instructive because you know you you put a note here whether he's a tech vision uh, visionary is he uh, is he iron man tony stark or is he just a robber baron right is he just a kind of a kind of a the typical stereotypical greedy uh, wall street guy like gordon gecko Young people are drawn to Musk, but young people are also drawn to this idea of crypto. It's not about blockchain technology and the ledgers and how this could replace things like legal contracts and all of that. They just care about the get-rich-quick aspects of it. It's become a big enough political issue here that these 20s, 30s male demographic is like now somehow the most sought after voting block in the country. And we're seeing conservatives like Lee Jun suk making some waves into them by being sympathetic to this. Do you feel pandering to that voting group might result in some policies that might somewhat be misguided? Because the government, one official being kind of insensitive saying, we can't regulate this. We're not going to prote- give you any protections, but we are going to tax you up the wazoo for <laughs> holding the cryptos. It's just very hard to find a proper message on all of this.
2: Yeah, I mean, once the public is sort of you know caught in investment craze and you know get rich uh, quick schemes, I mean, it's kind of hard to you know is put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah, kind of I mean, thing. it's uh, you know it's the animals that, uh, animals that that's really hard to control. Basically, um, another way to kind of I think to think about you know cryptocurrencies in terms of currency is that you know. There are a lot of instances where actual currencies, you know, issued by governments, their uh, values rise uh, really fast or values r- r- fall really, uh, really fast. And those uh, instances we call them hyperinflation and hyperdeflation. And you know we we can see you know historical examples of both. And basically, if you look at Bitcoin as a currency, basically you're seeing you know hyperinflation and hyperdeflation taking place every day. I mean, if you're so, sort of you know th- thinking about the original purpose of you know design. These currencies, and you know, sort of think, you know, does it make sense as a currency? Sort of, you know, ask yourself, do, do I want to hold on a currency that goes through hyper deflation and hyperinflation yeah. every day? I mean, that that becomes, you know, very a uh, proposition. Of course, if you just look at it as a get rich quick scheme, it's you know, you, you go in there and you hopefully there's a sucker who's willing to buy from you so that you can you know mm-hmm. get out with, with a tidy profit.
0: Yeah, and so you and me and all of us here, you don't necessarily represent that young male demographic group anymore. As Not but, at all. But you teach these guys uh, right. on a daily basis. Well, what do you say? I mean, how, I, how do you kind of approach this issue, you think, politically? Because it seems like the conservatives have found a message here that might be more appealing to at least the main opposition party, people like Ha Taek-yung or Lee Jun suk that they say, we understand your pain and, and your struggles. And we're going to try to... Even
1: Mr. Hwang, to, Hwang also said that I understand your pain. Mm-hmm. Your youngsters, but mm-hmm. uh, I I don't think any um facile pitch, in order to buy the hearts and minds of young voters, uh, in this regard, will not work. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, you want to invest your money in something concrete, something that you can believe. But this is way, way volatile and speculative.
0: That's the good advice that an old boomer would give to a young kid but do you think a young kid really agrees that that's, that's the, the right the, uh, approach basically right that's now? up to them
1: basically that's up to them but uh, the good starting point is to prov- that provide them as much reliable information out there as possible and let them make a wise choice
0: yeah well, it, it's a difficult issue indeed because my argument is that um, people talk about how the 20s and 30s have turned away from this government and the ruling party. It wasn't the stuff like necessarily the Choguk the and all the other nero nambul type of issues, which was a factor. But the initial point when this uh, the young people turned away from the government was when Back in 2018, when the Moon government decided they're going to regulate the cryptocurrency markets, and it basically kind of put a bit of a freeze on the frenzy at that time, which angered a lot of uh, young people in their 20s and 30s, and they never really forgave the government for that and really started this overall feeling of skepticism uh, that has led them on this sort of divergent path. And so this issue here right now is really um, illustrative of the fact that there are some very difficult questions ahead for anybody who wants to uh, be the next leaders of this country and craft these kind of policies. Policies. I want to thank both of our guests for joining us. Dr. Bong, Professor Huang, it's always a pleasure. Uh, we will have to say goodbye. Coming up next is Life Abroad, hosted by Nasing Yun. Please stay tuned for that. Uh, we will be back tomorrow for another edition of This Morning at 7 a.m. And until then, please enjoy the rest of your day. This has been Henry Shin. Goodbye.